It's time again for The Insiders with Chuck Kuala and Scott Jensen, sponsored by the Wisconsin Counties Association and Michael Best Strategies. Hi, I'm Chuck Kuala, former Senate Majority Leader. And I'm Scott Jensen, former Assembly Speaker. And we're The Insiders. So, Scott, the Miller Park tax is finally ending. So do you have any memories of when that started and how that started and where you were and what you were doing? I remember people saying the tax would never end. Once the government was collecting that money, they would never actually let the tax end. And they were nearly end. right. Well, yeah, it did go on for a lot, a lot more years than we thought, in part because of the collapse of, of Miller Park, which I think is a memorable moment of, uh, and a tragic moment uh, in the history uh, of that ballpark. But the ballpark's been a great deal. Um, the politics behind it are fascinating. I was in the assembly. I was the majority leader at the time. You were in the Senate. So maybe we each got a couple stories here. Uh, I remember uh, this was David Prosser's finest hour as the speaker. Uh, he was a brand new speaker. He needed to collect the votes to pass um, the Miller Park um, stuff. He was absolutely committed to it. Um, and But he was smart about it. It wasn't just he needed the numbers to pass it. He wanted to make sure that none of his vulnerable members cast a vote in favor because most of the public was opposed to the Miller Park, um, especially those outside of southeastern Wisconsin. So I remember one time when uh, David, we thought we had the votes, and then David Prosser said, I need to see Mike Hipsch from La Crosse and Dwayne Johnsrud from the Organic Valley area of the state, brought them both into the office and said, Dwayne, I know you want to vote for the ballpark, and I'm going to vote against the ballpark, and Mike, I know you want to vote in favor. You guys have to switch votes because Dwayne Johnsrud was uh, safe, uh, long-time, highly respected rural legislator. He wasn't going to pay a price for it. Mike Hipsch had just gotten elected, and we were worried that if he cast this controversial vote, he would be a no. I mean, he would be defeated in the next election. So essentially, the other process told him, you have to vote no, and you have to vote yes. We're going to have the same number of votes, but we're asking people to flip. He did that with a couple of others. But still, we were short of votes because the Republicans didn't have enough in our caucus to get the votes uh, for it. So we needed the Democrats to give us votes. It was going to be in a Democratic city where the Democratic mayor had endorsed it, um, where we expected the Democrats to deliver some votes. And Wally Kanicki, who was then the minority leader, was kind of holding them back. And we were trying to figure out how to get him to commit a few more members in safe districts for the Democrats uh, to vote for it. And so I invited WTMJ and their entire talk radio lineup into my office and they spent the day of the debate um, broadcasting statewide on the Brewers radio network to people encouraging them to call the state capitol and they were announcing as each legislator was committing which way they were going and everything people's offices were getting flooded with calls from around the state in the end David Prosser got it done um, and I almost screwed it up by forgetting to send the bill over to the Senate after it passed. As the majority leader, I was supposed to make the motion to send the bill to the Senate, and now I'll make the motion to send the topic to you. By the way, this will be the longest insiders <laughs> program ever because you need to know all of the insight. And one of the reasons that there was a problem getting Democratic votes out of Milwaukee was because Bud Selig insisted on getting all the revenue over at Miller Park. He would not build the park downtown. And that was a big problem. He had it out in the park. Why? So that people would have to come in the stadium and spend money in there, and he'd get all the parking revenue. And that was a huge problem for the people of Milwaukee, and they didn't like it. And frankly, a whole number of places around the country, Denver, all these places, Cleveland, had built downtown ballparks, and it would have been much better for the city of Milwaukee had that happen. And that actually hurt on getting the votes. But I'm okay with it for this reason. It resulted in a majority in the state Senate for Democrats. Why did that happen? 
good leaders like Dave Prosser in the assembly and Scott Jensen were trying to figure out how they would get this done with Republicans who usually aren't looking for raising more money to give to the private sector out of taxpayer dollars, it uh, doesn't sound really too good. But the reality was that you had to make sure your vulnerable members were not put up. In the Senate, it did not work that way. I was a young state senator, but you know, pretty active. I was not yet in leadership, although not long after this, I went into leadership. What happened in the Senate? The leader in the Senate Mike Ellis, instead of taking the vote himself yeah. or making someone like Bob Welch in a secure Republican district took the vote, what happened? George P. Tack had to take that vote. That was decimating for the Republicans. Why? Because Racine County, if Milwaukee County didn't want to pay the tax, Racine County really didn't want to pay the tax. And their newspaper was all over this program. In fact, there were headlines saying that P-Tax says that he will not vote for the, he will not vote for the tax. At the last minute, George P-Tax changes the <clears throat> vote. He's forced by leadership to take the vote. He's even come out and said he won't vote in favor of the Miller Park tax. He votes for it. Racine County gets taken advantage of. And I remember that morning at when the vote was taken, it was in, in the early morning, the sun had come up. I remember just a little later that morning, before 8 o'clock, calling Kim Plocky, a state representative from Racine, and saying, Kim, there's going to be a recall election. And guess what? George P. Tech is going to be the subject, and you're the candidate. Get ready for, to rumble. And sure enough, that's what happened. There was a recall election, the first time a state senator had ever been recalled in the state of Wisconsin. Kim Plocky won pretty handily against George P. Tech in the election. And by the time that happened, I was the minority leader in the state Senate. And with Kim Plocky taking over that seat, I became the majority leader in the state Senate. So a lot and of then we went in a period where the House kept, the Senate kept flipping back and forth between the parties. Really, it created a period where each party controlled it for a short period of time by one vote, right? We had a situation where I was the majority leader during three budgets for this in the state Senate. But there were difficult times because that fall we had to retain Roger Bresky in a very difficult seat in order to win. Then, of course, Tommy Thompson went in and took out George, no, what's, what's Marv Rochelle when Russ Feingold won the U.S. Senate and Tom Barrett had won a congressional seat and we had to win three seats to, to take back. All of these things went back and forth, but at the end of the day, we were in the majority for three terms because the leader in the state Senate, Mike Ellis, decided to make his most vulnerable member take a vote that he didn't need to take to get this thing passed. All these machinations over a ballpark. Let's hope that that ballpark brings us a World Series soon. <laughs> See you next time. You've been listening to The Insiders with Chuck Kuala and Scott Jensen, sponsored by the Wisconsin Counties Association and Michael Best Strategies. <laughs>